Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Are you wise? Wise people choose to worship God. They listen for His instructions and the best place to find the instructions of God, His godly counsel, is in His Word through Scripture. So we seek the Word of God and we apply it to our life in order that we might be brought into the presence of God and there we worship Him. This is exactly what the psalmist is going to teach us. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me in the book of Psalms, Psalm 95, and we're going to begin with verse 1. This is one of the Psalms that we we recite and sing on Shabbat, specifically on Friday evening as we begin to welcome the Shabbat. And this speaks about how we alter our life, how we move in order to demonstrate our faith in God and our desire to worship Him and to exalt Him. Psalm 95 and verse 1, it says, Come, again, a commandment. So frequently when God speaks to His people, He does so through commandments. And the commandments, when we receive them and do so with faith, these commandments move us into His will so that we will be able to do His will and bring honor and glory to Him. So verse 1 says, Come, let us shout. Now, this is a word of, of emotion. It's a word that contains joy. It's a word that oftentimes is a shout but can also be singing. It's a word that is a testimony, meaning this, that when you shout unto the Lord, others are going to hear it. So it is a desire for one to testify that we love God, that we rejoice in God, that we belong to God. So once more, come, let us shout unto the Lord, and then a word which also relates to emotion. It's a word of exaltation. It's a word of responding to the fact that God is. Everything that he says is true. We believe that and we order our life to reflect that, to bear witness to that fact. So let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Now, it's interesting that that our Savior in this passage is likened to a rock. Why? For the most part, a rock is unchanging. So it speaks about a consistent Savior through a consistent message of redemption we see that god through salvation he puts us on the right foundation or that we might build our lives so if you have not been saved by god's grace if you're not excited about that salvation 
then you're not going to build up your life and of course we build it up through the provision of god through what god does how he leads us in making wise decisions doing the things that god would have us to do so again come let us shout unto the lord let us again shout it's a word of of sharing with others our joy our joy before the lord who is indeed the rock of our salvation notice it begins with salvation it's speaking to those who have experienced salvation it says our salvation meaning there's a commonality in this this group that they have experienced salvation furthermore look at verse 2 let us come before his face face in the bible when it's responding to god it has to do with his presence so let us go before his face his presence how with thanksgiving now the more that you know about god what god does what he says his attributes his nature his character all of that is going to cause us to rejoice it is going to cause us to be thankful and that's why it says let us go before his presence with thanksgiving and this next word some will say it's a word for psalm like a book of psalms but here's the problem this is the word mismore this is a word which is derived from that same root which is a word of praising but but more specifically a word of saying with saying and we could say songs of praises of us shouting once more unto him and this shouting to him is is understood because of him we do so publicly to others this this idea of testimony bearing witness we we do it before him we are thankful we are praising him but we want others to understand uh, why we're doing it that he is the cause for this and we continue look at verse 3 for a great god is the lord now this term lord speaks about the god who transcends all things the god who was is and will be he is not limited by by time or anything else and therefore he says for the lord is a great god he is a great king over all gods now are there other gods no this is not what the scripture is saying when it says gods that there's other gods but there are other names of god through false religions and what this is saying is all the other people's gods of course they're false they do not exist they are imagination of people's minds god is greater than them what they say about their god is inferior to the truth of our god and the reason why we know this is because our god is a redeeming god how do we know the nature the character of god well a variety of ways first of all we know many things about god through his commandments what god commands us to do says a lot about who he is secondly we see much about god and how he has acted related what he has done with israel 
in other words god's history with israel reveals a great deal of who he is and this is something consistent throughout the prophets they spoke about god sanctifying himself through israel what does that mean god demonstrating himself showing his purpose showing his character showing his nature through how he has moved with israel throughout the generations we see his faithfulness we see his graciousness we see his mercy and forgiveness we see him as redeemer as savior deliverer we see his holiness all of this is seen in how god has faithfully behaved in regard to his covenantal promises to israel and that's why it is so tragic when bible teachers say oh the old testament's not important we need to just focus on the new testament and kind of unhinge and separate ourselves from those old testament uh instructions false what the old testament instructs us speaks loudly and clearly about who the new testament god is why same god he does not change move on to the next verse we see here verse 4 which is in his hand and then we see the depths of the earth now this word for depths has to do with the things that can be investigated what this speaks of god has authority over all the earth nothing is beyond his investigation meaning god knows everything nothing escapes him this is true on earth and then notice what it says in in continuation it says and the high places of the mountains belong to him now think about many many years ago thousands of years ago when this psalm was written down wasn't always possible to get to the peak of a mountain this was hard for a variety of reasons but god is lord over all the mountain peaks so whether we're talking about the depths of the earth or the heights of the earth that's the implication god is god over all he is sovereign and his authority is 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 not going to be rejected over his creation ultimately meaning what meaning that god's going to bring everything in this world under his authority that which is not is going to be destroyed that which is not willing to submit and recognize his authority is going to be eternally judged we see in the book of revelation that the smoke of god's judgment goes up forever and ever so god is an eternal god he is over all and then it says to him is the sea for he has made it and the dry land his hands have formed it all this is saying is god he is creator god and with this creation we see other scriptures that point this out where it says does not the potter have authority over the clay to form that clay according to his desires he forms it it is not the clay that speaks to the potter and tells the potter how to make itself 
No, the potter, the creator, the former, the fashioner is the one who has authority. So over and over in this psalm, it is calling the reader to recognize God's authority. Let me ask you a question. Is your life a life of submissiveness to the instructions of God? That is the only way that we recognize his authority. Now, we find that salvation is through grace, but having received God's grace, having become that new creation through Messiah, in Messiah, and by Messiah, we are someone who now has been saved in order that we demonstrate to others, we bear witness that we are under his authority. When we're underneath his authority, we are going to be recipients of revelation, God's instruction, his words are going to move us. They are going to change our decisions, replace what we would do, which would be wrong, with what he commands us to do, which is right. So this whole idea of becoming a new creation, he is the creator. This is what the scripture is saying. But we are a new creation in Messiah. And in the same way that God brought his order into the first creation, his new creation, you and me, through Messiah, are called to reflect God's order. So this is not difficulty to see what the psalmist is saying. And then move on. Not only has he created the sea and all that is within it, and also the land, his hands have formed it, we see something else based upon this the fact that he is the authority the creator what should we do next verse verse six come let us bow down and this is a word of worship let us prostrate ourselves and bow down and let us bless before the lord here it is our maker we would not have life we would be nothing we would not exist without God having formed us, God creating us. And therefore, the fact that we acknowledge He is my maker. Now, this is going to become significant because what we're seeing in the world today is this. We are seeing a challenge. It's not new, but what is new is that those who profess to be believers, followers of Messiah Yeshua, they are believing this this deceit for example there's one denomination in england a large one a primary one and what have they said they have said evolution and the account of creation in the bible are not mutually exclusive false they are evolution basically says that things get started and they 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 continued and arrive where we are today by chance that if you give this world enough time then for anything can about happen and that's how we came into being by chance that is false there's nothing by chance with god god he created purposefully according to his will according to his desires he made all of creation so you have man's approach it happened naturally without god or you have god as the sovereign creator here in this scripture 
it points out that god has made us and because god is our creator we are now obligated we recognize that we're obligated to to worship him and to bow down this is a word of submissiveness where it says come let us bow down let us prostrate ourselves literally prostrate ourselves is first bowing down is second let us bless before the lord our god blessing is an act of worship because he has made us verse 7 for he is our god and we the people of his pasture the flock of his hand why flock of his hand hand authority so in the same way that a sheep he acknowledges the shepherd because of that rod that staff but we see with god it's the hand of god we see that hand of god is spoken of so frequently in the bible and therefore god is calling us to recognize and demonstrate the fact that we are under his authority we are the people of his creation and god positions us leads us where he would have us to be people want to deny god why they don't want to submit to god they don't want god's plans for their life they want their own plans that is the problem and then he says look at the last part of uh, verse 7 where he says today literally the day makes no difference whether it's today tomorrow whenever but he says the day if you his voice you should hear do not harden now verse 8 do not harden your health your hearts as in the rebellion so this says god communicates god gives forth revelation but we are either going to be like pharaoh and we are going to reject that that revelation what's the outcome of that i've said this numerous times when we are convicted by the truth of god and we reject that that is going to have an adverse effect on our hearts and our hearts are going to be hard that is we're going to become insensitive to the things of god and when we're insensitive to the things of god we are going to become very easily deceived by the enemy so what's the process we we reject the authority of god we we reject the biblical account of creation therefore we position ourselves to be the authority of our life we don't receive revelation from god we we say that that's foolish that uh, that is not the case we deny the authority of the word of god and we begin to choose and make decisions for ourselves when we do that we are exactly where the enemy wants us to be where he can easily hear this easily deceive us in order that that we move away from god outside of his presence not in his will we we forego his provision in our life and we're left to ourselves in our own intelligence in our own uh, perspective with our own power and we are no match for this this warfare this spiritual warfare we are trying to fight the spiritual and the natural and we will be defeated that's what he's saying in this passage of scripture so do not harden your hearts 
as in the rebellion and the day and this is word for testing in the wilderness wilderness i've shared with you many times whenever that term is found in the bible it is a reference to depending upon god now instead of trusting in god what did they do they tempted god they they tried to test him they tried to manipulate god what a foolish and and unsuccessful thing to do to try to test god and manipulate god god cannot be manipulated what do we've already learned in this psalm he is sovereign he is the author of all things he is creator he has formed all things and the earth and the sea nothing escapes his attention nothing's too deep nothing's too high god is all places and therefore it is a foolish one that that tempts god tests god rebels against god that's why he says look at verse verse 9 whom our fathers they tested me and they tempted me this is a word for for testing it's a synonym for that other word also they saw they saw my activity now this points out something very important because they saw meaning they witness during their 40 years in the wilderness god's faithfulness his faithfulness to his instructions god's sovereignty his power that god is greater than all things god as deliverer savior redeemer they took it all in they knew but it did not impact their decisions it did not impact how they approached god they rebelled and they were deceived and they died off in that wilderness over those 40 years so he says whom our fathers your fathers literally your fathers tested me and they tried me also when they saw my activity now this is they just denied it and that's what happens it says for example in the book of romans chapter 1 and verse 19 very important verse read carefully those verses surrounding romans 1 19 and what it says is that god has given and the the means is through his through the conscience that god has given to us we know that god is everyone knows that god exists he puts that within them but what does the human mind do oh i'm going to reject that this is this is not right i don't believe in that and what do we do we reject the counsel and the counselor that god has given humanity through the conscience now i say always the holy spirit is a wonderful counselor he gives us better counsel than just the conscience but the conscience does work in every man and every woman now we can reject that counsel from the conscience over and over and over and what happens our conscience becomes seared meaning it becomes ineffective many people are in that position today they have rejected the word of god his instructions his counsels so much that they are are deceived and they believe the false narrative that we see today things such as well men men can have babies 
And, and women, and goes on and on and on with the ridiculous things about men and women through this transgenderism and such, all is a lie. You ask any child, they can tell you there's male and there's females. Just that simple. Males don't get pregnant, women get pregnant. It's just a fact, a fact of God's order. What's going on today? Rebelling against that order. And that's why these individuals, it says, your forefathers, they tested me and they tried me even though they saw my activity. Verse 10, 40 years, God says, I was fed up with this generation. And I said, a people that have hearts that go astray, a heart that is a strain heart, are them. Now, this is the problem, their heart condition. In the scripture, there's a very important phrase, lev nechon, an established heart. If your heart is not established by the word of God through becoming that new creation, through faith in Messiah, if, if you don't have that, that circumcised heart, what happens, or that uncircumcised heart, excuse me, if you don't have the circumcised heart, that was right the first time, you are going to be grossly unprepared for life in this world. And therefore, because your heart is uncircumcised, that's what's bad. Because your heart is uncircumcised, what's going to happen? You are going to go astray. That's why he says, look at the text, verse, verse 10. Forty years I was fed up with this generation, and I said, a people of an erring heart are they. And they did not know my way. Now, it's in the past tense in Hebrew for a reason. The past tense is also called the the complete. And what it says here in this context, it, it, it shows something in its wholeness, its entirety, its complete form. And what he's saying here is that this, uh, uh, we call sometimes, Christians call the past tense the, the perfect tense, and the future tense, the imperfect tense, the perfect speaks about that which is whole, complete, uh, uh, finish sometimes. But here for our purpose, what I want you to see is this. And they did not know my way. Why didn't they know? Well, we already saw it. They rejected. When you reject the word of God, that rejection is going to do something. It is going to make you unable to see the ways of God. You're not going to choose correctly where to go. You are going to be in darkness spiritually, and you are going to be deceived by the enemy, and you are going to be manipulated for his purposes rather than the purposes of God. And now let's go to our last verse, verse 11, where it says, Whom I swore in my wrath, now god is speaking about a people that chose sin that chose falsehood 
that chose to rely upon their own understanding when the scripture says do not lean upon your own understanding but trust in me so these were individuals that that rejected the instructions of god and therefore he says look at the last verse whom i have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter and the implication is no they will not they will not enter into my rest now this word rest minucha is a word that relates to shabbat and shabbat so frequently in the scripture relates to kingdom so what god is saying is this i have promised in the language of the scripture i have sworn in my anger my wrath why is god angry and wrathful because they have rejected him they have chosen to rely upon their own perception their own desires rather than being interested in the desires that is the will of god they are deceived and therefore god is saying i have sworn in my anger that these notice what he says that these they will not enter that's the implication they will not enter into my rest they're not going to have a kingdom experience now let me conclude by saying this i mentioned that psalm 95 is a special psalm it's what we proclaim as we embrace shabbat shabbat is a kingdom word and therefore we find that at the end of this this psalm the word rest which is also a kingdom word appears when you're not willing to submit to god obey god respond to god hear god what you are saying is god i reject you and when you reject god you're rejecting his provision his revelation and his promises you will not have a kingdom experience so remember what the word of god says do not lean on your own understandings when you lean on your own understanding trust in yourself you know what you're going to do you are going to buy up meaning you're going to agree you're going to embrace all the world's propaganda and let me tell you we're having a lot of worldly propaganda come into to our culture today this woke stuff and things relating to it political correctness according to what what a very far removed people from the word of god is teaching it is that which is in opposition and leads to destruction now god is a restoring god god is a god that reconciles sinners to himself but it begins with us recognizing sin our sin us agreeing with the standards of god and realizing that we have fallen short of this but we want forgiveness and we have to acknowledge that it's only through messiah yeshua jesus christ that this forgiveness is available he paid the price freely so that we could receive god's grace be reconciled to him eternally and become that new creation and with that new creation comes a new mind the mind of messiah so that we can understand the revelation of god through 
the Holy Spirit, and we can choose to submit and obey and serve God. The problem is this. All too often, we're not interested in serving God. It is serving of God where we see the ministry of the Holy Spirit functionally, mightily in our life. If we aren't interested in the will of God, we're not going to be experiencing the anointing of God. It just comes down to something that simple. So be wise. Desire above all things to worship God, to serve God, to be in His will, and to do His will. That is where wisdom is manifested. Until next time, Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.